You've found it, and we are ready to rise with you. Rise with Sid McNary. This podcast is an extension of the Art of Peaceful Living movement. Get ready to enjoy, be empowered, and elevate your life as we rise together. Grab your beverage of choice. No matter where you are, the time is now. Here he is, your leader for a better today. Rise with Sid McNary. It's time we start living your dream. So you talk about holding space for others um, in after your second vision quest. How long was it between your second vision, vision quest and the third one? Um, and why? Because I, I understand it wasn't too it wasn't too long after the second one that you you wanted to push forward on this third quest. Yeah, the funny thing is that my I finished the second vision quest and I was like, man two of these things in two years, four days, three nights without food or water, a year leading up. And I was like, after this one, I'm done. I need some time off. I said, it's going to take a miracle for me to go. I made this statement that it was going to take a miracle. Yet I was coming out of this holy moment, this sacred moment. And as soon as I got in the car, we're driving down this long driveway, get to the edge. I get a phone call from my parents and they said, hey, I uh, wanted to make sure you're safe. And we want you to know that if you go out next year, we're going to come and support you. And I was like, oh, Lord, that means I got to go because my parents want to support. This is an opportunity for them to to come into peace with my journey, too. And so I called my grandma and immediately after that and said the miracle just happened my parents just uh called and they said they're coming if i go back out next year so i'm going and she said well you don't have to make that choice right now in my heart i already knew it was done she was coming up the next weekend so i I presented tobacco to her and that meant a year later i was going back out and i was going because i knew i wanted my family to have that uh level of an opportunity of connection and and that was going to be the beginning of a seven-year process because that's how vision quest opens up you go out seven years seven to ten years later every cell in your body shifts and when when i dedicate that level of time for vision quest seven to ten years later every cell is going to align to it and so i i knew that it was going to be a big one and it was it was it was a great process and that was a momentous moment when your parents, your dad in particular, said, you know, I'm going to come and support you because they didn't they didn't understand it, didn't like it. And maybe they were a little bit fearful of what, what was going on with all this. Um, am I right? They didn't come on board until the third one. Um, so it must have been a momentous moment for you, for them to actually recognize this is a big part of your life and we should be in it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it it was, I mean, the first time everyone thought, oh, wait a minute, he's going to do what? Four days, three nights without food or water? Is he trying to commit suicide? You know, was was (laughs) he going to the mountains? What's he crazy? Sid does these weird things. So that was the first time. The second time it was, okay, we know what he's doing. Okay, it seems like it's doing something. He's, 
he's a little more at peace. And now here it was, okay, we got to support this because Sid used to just be an angry football coach. And now we like him. So we might want to keep him going, you know? So that's kind of how it happened. And, and so that alone was huge. And then to actually go through the process and, and them be more and more interested in, okay, how are you praying? Who are you praying to? What are you doing? All those different questions that came up for them that also got my parents to know their own background. You know, my, my mom has native American in her and my dad, has Native American in him. Well, that's fantastic. But they were there and, and they waited for you to, to come back and presumably they, you know, um, got to know the people more and all that kind of thing and the ethos. So I'd like to talk to you um, about when you came back and how that happened, uh, what interaction went on with your parents before that. But first, we've got to get to your third vision quest. So what's the story there? What's the journey there? Well, the third vision quest, you know, like I said, it started with my parents calling and, and then the doors open, the gateways open. And I then had to prepare, which looked like everything aligning to peace and, and the beginning of this process of everything that wasn't peace in my life began to drift away. It was, it was amazing. It was interesting that after every time that I went out on Vision Quest, every time I'd come back and the studio would grow enormously and I'd have to open a new studio. I'd have to move because people were lining up with the space. And so every time I made a shift on me, I shifted in a vibration that began to bring different people into my life. And that, that, that happened during that time I had uh, a lady come over from from South Africa that she was sent over by her leader to go find the guy that had a donation based yoga studio and and so she became part of my life uh, that was really big where I eventually now at this time I've stepped into knowing more about that lineage of mine that you Egyptian and Ethiopian bloodline of mine. Yet at the time, the Native American side in the spirit realm, they said, no, you don't get to work with him. You know, it was, he was born on this land and this life, and he's going to do what we need first. And then you can have, then he can help. And I, that's kind of unfolded. There were, there were other things that took place. You know, I began to really see like I said, the things that weren't aligned in my life, I began to learn those lessons of, all right, this is why you're not at peace with your relationships, you know? So I had to shift that. I had to begin to calculate how all those things were unfolding. Then it, then it moved in, even into the challenges of, all right, how do I want to move in the name of religion for myself? You know, what's my practice going to be? So that began to formulate all these different things, whether it was sitting when I was in prayer and, and all right, this is how I'm going to pray. Now I pray to all the directions, call in the directions, call in the creator, call in the mother earth, give thanks and relate to all my relations. The wing is the, the those that crawl on their belly, the two legs, the four legs, everything. All of those things really began to set in. And I, I'd have to say 
having that in my life, a true way of sitting every morning at 4 a.m. that I do now, a lot of that came through because of the customs of go me going through vision quest. And it's different for everyone, yet that's how it was showing up for me for sure. And another thing that happened was uh, when I finally got to vision quest and was out, it was easy. It was the preparation was beforehand. When I finally went and sat on the mountains, that was an easier part. I had already done the work. The work is really before the work is doing the, the 405 prayers, the 75 prayers for the lodge and the seven ties that go on the land and also at the sweat lodge and sweating before. And once I got out there, it was like bliss. It was the best blue sky ever. And the preparation is a big part. I mean, that's probably the main part. And then when I go to went to sit out and the skies are blue and and this one vision quest, I was at peace. You know, yes, there were things that happened when I was out there, yet the lead up to it was was the work, you know, and especially being my third vision quest, I knew what what I had to do, you know, the setting the prayers, doing all those things setting up at this time i now had a pet wolf the beautiful thing was whenever i would pray shiva the wolf would stop and lay down and just watch you know so there was there was that interaction with everything around me that was now beginning to work which was pretty cool okay so um you get there um What's the kind of is it the same process? The sweat lodge and the time with your grandmother, Morningstar. Um, how, how did your your third quest begin for you? Well, the interesting thing was that the first thing that happened was I got there, and my sister and brother weren't going to come. And then my parents said they weren't sure if they were going to come. <laughs> and I knew I had to be at peace with it. So that was, that was the first thing right off the bat. Uh, this challenge of, okay, I've just done this year-long work because my parents said they want to support, but now they can't make it. That was an interesting part. And once I finally got to a point as my parents weren't coming and I gave in to that and, and just said, okay, I'm, I'm still going out. I did all this preparation. I'm going out for peace and I'm going to sit with that. It was one of the first times where I had, was able to hold peace in the midst of things not going the way I thought they could. And, and then I was across the mountain. I heard a car pull up and I was, and I still didn't know. I was out and I didn't know that it was my parents or not. I just heard a car and was like, ah, that might be my parents. I'm still going to be out here for four days, three nights, either way. And it happened to be my parents. So they, they weren't there for the first sweat lodge. They were there when I got back. So that was pretty, pretty powerful moment just to hold peace at that level that kept the peace for everybody else too. So, yes. Yeah, so, so, so let's get into the nitty gritty then. Um, what were you expecting? What happened? Um, 
How did it go for you once you got there? Was it what you expected? What happened for me when I got there was that it became, once I got across the lake, you know, I went through the sweat lodge. Now, the sweat lodge was, was pretty intense. There were, for some reason, thousands of eggs hatched on the, on the ground of the, of the lodge. And at first we thought they were worms. And then when I picked one up, I could see that it had a snake head and a snake body. So there were thousands of snakes on the ground. Then there were thousands of frogs. We had to get all those, all those out, which meant that on a spiritual level, that transformation was really about to happen. And that was it. I was transforming this essence inside of me that was going to speak for seven to 10 years, you know, to really birth that level of the snake energy. Some people call it Kundalini, the Holy Spirit, you know, Chi, all those different things. That's what was building him. And it was happening in a way that was like, okay, I'm going to experience this when I go across. And and that's what happened. It, it opened up in so many different ways when I was across the lake uh, and up in the mountains and, and got to be visited by the Palladian grandmothers and sitting in that space and all those things. It, it came forward in such a way that, that I definitely had to embody peace in a different way. How did that encounter begin? I mean, I remember you saying, you know, the last time you had people around you and your ancestors, they were kind of having conversations amongst themselves and things like that. Um, how, how, how did it take place then from an actual experiential point of view? What was the first thing that you felt when you were settled? The first thing that I, that I noticed was just the fact that I was at peace. That was the first thing I noticed that even with, I believe it was a new moon at that time. And, and so it was dark, you know, really dark. <laughs> There's no moon in the sky to, to ricochet the, the sun's light into the earth. And so there was that looking around and I was still okay, where it used to be like, all right, what's coming out of the darkness? So there was that. Then when, when the essence of things came, the spirits, and I could see the aura of them, they sat down because I was okay. And I set up and, and exchanged moments. This is what you need to do to be at peace. This is, this is what we're asking of you. Are you willing? At this point in time, I had, I had the peace pipe, so I offered it. And uh, we didn't smoke it or anything like that yet. It was just an offering to these spirits. And that, that began to unfold something new in me to really look at, okay, what's this lineage I come from? Then back at the fire, when I did finally come out, our fire keeper said, hey, do you realize that how royal your mom is? Because the Egyptian lineage of royalty came, the, the royalty of her Native American background came and they were all standing there at the fire. And they also came to me. So I got to actually talk to David, our firekeeper, 
and and know what I was seeing. I, I love that when someone else can verify just what's coming through for me. What did come through for you? What what, what was um was there anything first of all that surprised you? Um and was there anything that any expectation that wasn't reached? Was there anything that disappointed you in your practice in those three days? Really, at that time, nothing seemed off. I, I, I had done so much work leading up to it that it was just a peaceful moment. It really was. It was, it was a deeper knowing of, all right, what is peace really like? What is it, what's happening right now? And, I, and it, was, it was almost like I was on a vacation from life in general. I was on vacation from the need of worrying about food. I was on vacation for a need to worrying about my studio. I was on vacation from everything you can think of. And I was just okay. And that, uh, the eagle, eagle came and sat with me. The, there was an elk that came. And that bring, brings the energy of power, you know, and, and so I was just completely at peace with all the things going on. Now, what I didn't know at the time, I had no clue that my parents were worried when the pack of coyotes came and it got dark and was, you know, what's going to happen to my son? <laughs> Here goes a pack of coyotes. So they were going through their process. You asked if they would ever go on Vision Quest. Really, they did. Everybody does. Everybody goes through and when one person sits out, everybody who's around will go through the shift that they need in that moment. And my parents started the process too. Of All right, how do we bring more peace in this way? And, and I will say that I got to reflect on just how it felt with my childhood, you know, having a tough father and, and all those things. And, and so I got to see that and really say, okay, how am I participating in that now? What am I bringing forward and how can that be shifted? It was just a powerful moment. There was, it was the time to now look at the rising of the sun every day and saying, okay, what are the visions I want for my life? And that's why the eagle came. The eagle came to help every day carry those prayers up to, to the creator and, and let them come down in its time. And, and that, that's what I saw. I, I began to really see more of how I was creating everything, everything in my reality. So I'd have to say that that's the big thing that showed up was just getting to a place of recognizing how my thoughts were creating the space around me, for sure. How did that unfold in the end? Um, how did that unfold in terms of moving into, how quickly did you move into your fourth vision point? Actually, that took even longer. I think it was kind of like a, a sense that when that one was over, I was like, I'm, I need a break. And at the same time, I was like, and what about not breaking, just getting it over? Like, cause you only do four in a lifetime. So the next time I saw grandmother Morningstar after the third one, I, I presented her tobacco and she went back and sat with it. And it took a few months for her to get an answer. And then finally she was like, I've got to go give my grandson an answer so he can prepare. And, 
And she said she felt a sense of peace that was so deep that it was almost eerie. And then a voice came to her and said, Sid has me. What makes you think he needs anything else? And that voice was Jesus. And at the time, she had convinced me to start doing A Course of Miracles and walking through that, which is, you know, Jesus's teachings. And so then he said, Sid needs to come and sit with me and not go on vision quest. So I, in between my third and fourth vision quest, I went and sat in what they call the People's Lodge, and they would bring me a peanut butter and jelly every day, uh, twice a day. And I would, I sat there for five days in silence, uh, waiting. And I, I wrote a letter to Jesus at the time that was, okay, if I'm supposed to just follow you, come give me a sign, I'll do it. Whatever you need, I'll do it. If I'm supposed to walk in your ways, I'll do it. At the end, I knew, okay, it's, it's my journey. It's, it's my turn to bring the world to peace. And this is what I need to do. And at the end of the third vision quest, I had had this thought, this voice came to me and said, now go be president. I wasn't ready for that then in 2008. So I had to become ready for all the things that were going to come forward for me. And sitting for those five days, there was something major that happened that really woke up something different. I heard this noise, a humming noise above the people's lodge, looked out the window and I couldn't see the sky. I could see the sky because it was black, but I couldn't see the stars unless I looked beyond this circle that was around uh, in the sky. And then this being came to the door and pulled on the door to the people's lodge and tried to open it. After those five days, I talked to grandmother Morningstar about what was that? And it was a ship, a ship from outer space that came into this space and was hovering over. And they send this being down that can walk on any in any atmosphere and it wanted to see who was this person that was willing to dedicate their life to peace and that's what they were observing so once that that five days was over I knew I had I was really living into the mission the mission of when the third vision quest ended I got my native name which is he who brings peace and I took on the mission to bring the world to peace. And I didn't know that I was first going to really have to dig into me and figure out where is peace missing so that I could bring it, you know? And, uh, and that, that was a big, big thing that happened in between the third and fourth vision quest. So your fourth vision quest, I mean, the thing is, once you've done all four vision quests, there's not another one you're allowed to do. So um, why didn't you save it and save it for, for, for later on when you might need it more than you did? What made you jump on again to your fourth quest? For me, the fourth quest was a big, you know, you've got three 
three vision quests to begin. You got looking within yourself where you sit and go into the West. You've got looking at the lessons, learning the lessons, living the lessons of the North with the white Buffalo woman. And then you've got the East of really coming into the visions of all the things to come with the ego and all that. And then finally, the fourth vision quest is about walking the red road. So for me, how it landed for me was I wanted completion. I didn't want to wait and hold. Yes, I could have savored it. But for me, I wanted to step into what was next. And that meant completing the task and going all the way through it. For me, there's something to finishing a project. And for me, that beyond a project that was my life and everything in the native american customs everything comes in force so I, to start anew to really walk into peace on that way i wanted to complete the fourth vision quest and and uh and it was it was really powerful i i i've done a lot of different things in between i had gone to hawaii met with my friend chuck creel and he flew in from, from Hawaii just to come see what it was like for me to go sit. And I remember my grandma asked Chuck, well, what made you come out here to see my grandson go through vision quest? And he said, I've only felt the level of peace that I felt around Sid when I went to Gandhi's ashram. And so I needed to come and see where the heck does this guy come from that brings that level of peace. And, and so I, he came and, and we, we just have a great friendship that is beyond this realm of things that supports one another even when we don't see each other. So it was a level of completion. I knew I needed, for me, I, I wanted to complete it. Does that mean I'll never go sit out on the mountain? No, it just, it won't be vision quest. I still might go do it on my own. It'll be on me to hold the prayers up, you know, to be able to speak to the animals when they come, regardless of the fire burning or not. And because I went for my family on the third time, I actually could go on another vision quest because I, I dedicated it to my family and to the community. So therefore, I still have one that I could do for myself if I, if I so choose to. What was your final conclusion after all four? And was there a sense of anticlimax because you're only allowed to do a certain amount in, in your lifetime? Doesn't that leave you a bit empty and wondering where to go next? I feel that it actually is the opposite of empty. I feel complete. I feel like I'm... I am fully present to me and ready to keep going. You know, I'm still alive. I get plenty, as my dad used to say, I'll get plenty of sleep when I'm dead. So with that, maybe. <laughs> with that being said, I, I feel called to keep going. I know that I've, you know, that my last vision quest was 2012, 2019. 2022, all that energy is in me. I know that. I've, I've watched it. The last cells in my body fight from letting that level of peace in. 
And now it's here and I feel like I've gotten new life in my body. So I feel great that I, that I completed the task at hand and that I, that I went out and did it, did it my way. When there's people that have, that started 20 plus years before me that I know of in 1985 and they still haven't completed them. So I, for me, I, I always like to get things done. You know, I was told once you're writing one of two books, the things you did and the things you didn't do. Whichever one has more in it, that's how you're going to feel at the end of life. And so I like to complete them and bring things forward in a way that that truly continues to step me into what's next. So I'm, I'm grateful 100%. It, would I do it any differently? Absolutely not. That part of my life, I feel like, man, it was great. And it moved me through so many different things. It took me from completion of the four vision quests to unfolding and shifting me more towards peace that eventually got me into my relationship with Liz, that eventually got me to the place where I am now, to meeting you, to meeting all these people. And now the next step for me, I, I can truly say, is to lead the world in a way that it may not know it can go. So by that, we're getting back into to the White House. And are you saying that you see your role as beyond if you, if you went through this um, and got into to, to the Oval Office or whatever? Um, do you really think that your presidency would reach beyond borders of the United States? To 100%. The- I, 100%. I, I know that my impact, because I'm so determined on, on the space to, that I'm holding, it's already doing that. It's already reaching beyond the borders of the U.S. The presidency for me is an opportunity for it to reach through everybody else too, everybody else that's committed to it. And the more people that commit to bringing peace to the world, the more people that hear about it, the more people that stand in it, it'll happen that much quicker. And maybe I'll see it before I leave, but I guarantee that the seeds have been planted deep from the work that I've done. And there's very few people that do that level of work with the earth that those seeds are coming to, coming to fruition at some point in time. At some point in time, for the next seven generations, someone is going to be like, where did that start? And I, I promise you, it started when I was sitting on the, on the mountain. So to finally, almost finally, I always promise this is the last question, and then I lie. <laughs> but do, do you think that as a coach, as a former coach, could you pull Americans together, um, those who fight between religions, those who fight between Republican and Democrat, those who fight between territorial areas? Um, question A, do you think you can bring them together and make them feel part of your team? And B, do you really think your message will reach beyond um, 
the coasts of America, across the world? First, can I pull everybody together? Yeah, we did it on teams, 100%. We, we took Muslims. We took people practicing Judaism. We took people that were Catholics and Baptists and all, all types and helped them win because we have one common goal. And, and to me, there's one common goal right now that is important. And that is that we all survive this. We leave this place in a better way. The earth is counting on us to be better. The earth, the earth would likely still be here. We better be better with the earth for ourselves, which means we all can be better. That means that I can sit down with somebody that I may not agree with and find common ground for the better betterment of everyone. It's just time for the messaging. Who else is talking about peace on this level? Not very many people are willing to say, I'm going to talk about peace. And if you disrupt my peace, you're going to catch me. I'm strong enough to do that. I know that. That's, that's the warrior that resides in me for generations. It's not just me. I'm standing on the shoulders of the seven generations before me, of all the elders I've ever met. I'm standing on the shoulders of all those that are ready, that have planted the seeds. And I've just been the answer to the prayers that they laid. And that's why I'm here. I'm okay taking this on because ah, that's just what I'm meant to do. I know that. And will it hit across the world? We're talking right now. You're across the world. It's, that's the easy part. Getting the message to echo, you're in Scotland. I'm in the U.S. I'll be on the phone with somebody from Africa later today. Now, me recruiting people into and helping them live it for themselves because it's not just me. And this is not my presidency. This is the people's presidency. It's time for the people to take it back. It's time for the world to say, you know what? You guys got us here. Thank you. But we're going beyond this. Thank you. We don't have to say that it was bad or good. Thank you. You got us here. Now let's go beyond that. And the more that we all stand in that, and stand up with each other, can't stop, can't stop it. All we gotta do is just imagine if every, everyone can't come out of their house at the same time in New York City, because it's not enough room. All we gotta do is get enough people to say, oh, I like that, I'm going for it. I like that, I can, you mean I could actually help someone that's on the street? Yeah, you could. You have leftovers, why not? My son did that. We came out, he wanted to give his leftovers to somebody. It was his birthday. We can care for one another and it's time. Can I ask you the final question? Um, and you do say my two favorite words, but can I ask you for all the people, all the gangs who are fighting each other, all the corporates that are fighting each other, uh, chasing each other, all these people, all the the people who throughout the whole lives have been brought up not to think politics is anything that affects them or that they can get benefit from or there's any point in voting, what would you say to them in two words? It's time. In two words, I would just say it's time. If we don't like the way things are being done, here in this country, we can vote. If we don't like the way 
someone is behaving, especially as the leaders of this country, we can vote. To think that my vote doesn't matter is awful selfish. And I'm counting on everyone to let go of this need to be selfish. I haven't packed my bank account just so that Sid makes it. You can go look at my bank account, it's not packed. I'm here for everybody. I'm here because I want to see everybody elevate and win at everything, for sure. It's time. Well, Sid McNeely, thank you very much. And I do believe it's time. So thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in to Rise with Sid. We're excited to keep going with you. So when you're ready to make it for you, the commitment to yourself, come check us out at artofpeacefulliving.com. We are excited to continue to rise with you. We rise together. Real impact supports everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Rise with Sid. Peace.